section four of a cruise in an opium clipper by lindsay anderson this librivox recording is in the public domain section four chapters twelve through fourteen chapter twelve we reach our destination but cannot pass the reef the next morning at four o'clock the shrill whistle of the boatswain and his mates could be heard all over the ship calling the hands up in about an hour we were unmoored from our two anchors and hove short on the starboard anchor all sail was then set and the headyards braced aback to cant her off when the anchor was tripped the tide which was on the point of turning flood to ebb was at a standstill so that as soon as the sail was set and the yards braced for canting her the capstan was manned and soon the anchor was up at the hawsepipe although there was not much wind she soon felt her release from her hold on the bottom and paid off till her fore and aft canvas were clean full when the headyards were braced round to fill with the breeze and we stood gracefully away past our receiving ship dipping flags in token of good-bye what little wind there was came from the sea and therefore we had to beat out tack for tack till we got out into the open water of the china sea where we expected a brisk breeze from southwestward as the day advanced the wind gradually increased and with the ebb tide under our lee we made good progress to seaward no ground was lost we never missed stays the emont came round like a top and never lost headway when going about her fore and aft canvas being in such excess of her topsail and topgallant sail which with the bowline of the forestail sail to windward were the only sails aback in stays she came round so quickly that the fore and afters were no sooner in the wind than they were drawing away full again on the other tack by noon we were out of the inlet that leads to amoy harbour and the wind we expected to find being all that could be desired we were bowling along under all sail square sail and topmast studding sail included to the merry tune of ten knots in an hour the course was set to pass conveniently north of the pescador islands from whence we could steer for the latitude and longitude of the place we were in quest of the watch was set and the usual routine of daily work and duty when at sea was proceeded with as the sun went down the breeze lessened considerably but as the sea kept comparatively smooth and the wind was on the starboard beam making every stitch of canvas draw to the best advantage we kept gliding through the water five or six knots an hour with the rising of the sun next morning the breeze freshened and by nine a m we were again spanking along eleven and twelve miles per hour in the afternoon we passed north of the pescador islands keeping a fair distance off for although the islands passed current as being the habitation of deep-sea fishermen it was well known that piratical junks rendezvoused there also we ran on the same course till the islands were out of sight and then altered the course for the position off taku we were bound for by thus running out of sight of the islands we gave to no suspicious craft the real direction of our line of course by direction of the captain great attention was paid to the cutlass drill and revolver target firing each member of the crew being supplied with a very serviceable colt's revolver 
for the next two days the wind kept in the same direction and with much the same force but the sea had risen somewhat as the distance from the coast of china increased in the afternoon of the fourth day since leaving amoy we arrived at our position off taku according to the latitude and longitude supplied to the captain by our owners when leaving hong kong we had made the land at noon and the captain had gradually drawn the eamont towards the coast while still running for our assumed position captain gulliver mr jewel mr nealance and i each with a good telescope carefully scanned the land as we ran along at a distance of about three miles no apparent inlets or rivers mouths could we observe all along the coast was one unbroken line of white surf through which it seemed impossible that anything in the shape of a boat could pass keeping a careful lookout ourselves as well as having a quartermaster aloft watching for any hidden danger ahead we sailed along passing our notified position for a distance of fifteen miles nothing in the shape of a harbour entrance could be made out neither smoke nor any signs of human life were visible not even a fisherman on a raft or catamaran nothing but one continued line of coast with the surf breaking on it at various distances from the main land which was moderately high well wooded and seemingly abounded in vegetation captain gulliver looking just a little crestfallen at this our first look for our destined haven turned to mr jewel and said i think we have scanned the coast pretty closely and it don't seem to me as if there were any opening there for us to pass through we have been tearing pretty smartly through the water and at our distance off if the entrance is very narrow we may have missed it the line of surf seems connected all the way along but perhaps if we made the entrance out and then steered in shore we might find a patch of green thirty or forty yards wide which would be quite enough for us to pass through we will shorten sail now he adds and let her head off till morning reaching to the southward with the fore bow line to windward we shall thus gain a few miles more to the south of our supposed position then at daylight we will about ship and come along back the way we have come under easy sail and keeping a bright lookout the wind is dead on the shore and not too much of it so that we can sail along either way without any trouble and at any distance that is prudent under our peculiar circumstances the mainsail and the gaff topsail were taken in the top-gallant sail and the three outer jibs likewise and the eamont was left stripped to her topsail fore trysail inner jibs and stale foresail with the stay foresail sheet to windward she slipped along through the water about a knot and a half an hour keeping nice steerage way and having a deep keel and sharp after run she made no leeway sailing close to the wind she drew off from the coast line two to three points and thus increased her distance from the land during the hours of darkness captain gulliver being of the opinion no doubt that it was better to be sure than sorry more especially as we were on a coast as yet unsurveyed and of which there was only the merest outline possibly sketched out by an officer of some man-of-war while sailing along at a good and safe distance from the coast 
sail accordingly having been reduced the intense watchful anxiety of the last four or five hours passed away and with appetites which the anxiety had not lessened we adjourned below to dinner whatever captain gulliver may have thought of our non-success of the day he never showed it at his well-spread table in general when having our meals he contrived to turn the channel of discourse into some subject not entirely apart from ships and shipping and told us many a tale of his long experience in the opium service after dinner at the suggestion of the captain mr jewel nealance and i divided the remaining hours of darkness into three watches so that we could be on deck all next day and assist with our several organs of vision in the finding out of this hidden aperture in the coast-line through which we were so anxious to pass chapter thirteen seeking for a passage at four next morning the Eamont was wore round and allowed to proceed in a direction that would bring her pretty close to the shore at daybreak every precaution was taken to look out for any hidden danger and a quartermaster was in the chains with the lead sounding at intervals of five minutes as soon as day broke and the coast-line could be distinctly made out we ran to within a couple of miles of the beach then hauled our wind and proceeded to sail along the coast retracing our tracks of the preceding day but keeping somewhat more inshore the captain mr jule mr nealance and i with our glasses carefully scanned the coast as we leisurely glided along those of the watch on deck not employed cleaning ship were also peering with eager gaze at the land as were likewise some of the watch below captain gulliver having offered a reward of a hundred dollars to the first man who caught sight of anything like a harbour entrance or fishing-boat or any kind of human habitation that could be reached by one of our boats with so many eager eyes intent on the search we could scarcely miss the object we were in search of close upon noon and when we were nearing our given position of the harbour of taku captain gulliver gave the order in sharp tones to haul the staysail sheet to windward and to lay the topsail aback the order was no sooner given than it was immediately executed and the Eamont thus brought to a dead stop turning to his officers he said i think i have got a sight of the entrance now do you see those two hummocks almost right abeam just get your glasses on them and see if you cannot make out something like an indent in the coast-line with the appearance of water stretching inwards we all turned our glasses towards the place he indicated and sure enough after a good and careful look we could make out a something similar to the entrance of a narrow creek while we were still intently searching for some landmark or other smoke was seen to rise from behind the northern hummock showing that we had arrived at a place where there was human life it being then five minutes to noon careful observation and good cross-bearings of the hummocks with a point of land that jutted out to the northward were taken the observations and bearings having been carefully recorded in the log the topsail was again filled and the staysail let draw the helm was put up and the Eamont was allowed to proceed by the lead till within a cable's length of the white surf 
the entrance between the hummocks at this closer view was now clearly discernible even with the naked eye the indent was not deep in the coastline it looked as if we would have to haul sharply to either side when we rounded inside the hummocks we were close to the surf but no line of dark blue water could we discern anywhere through the surf that would serve as a channel for us to reach the indent between the hummocks where we now firmly believed this port of taku was situated our wind was again hauled and close along the surf line we glided at a leisurely pace till we got as far as the point jutting out to the northward but no passage through the surf cheered our eager gaze the Emont was put about and sailed along in the reverse direction keeping as close to the surf as was prudent about four in the afternoon we were abreast of our hummocks and indent observations were taken for longitude the latitude having been correctly determined at noon when we were in almost the same position cross bearings were again taken and all carefully entered we continued to glide slowly along the surf eagerly watching for the slightest change in the colour of the interminable white and breaking sea that would indicate deeper water and a passage through the foam to the haven beyond very much disappointed in our non-success in finding a channel through the surf although satisfied that we had found the entrance to the harbour we were reluctantly compelled as the sun disappeared in his western bed to haul the Emont to the wind and off shore and lay her too as on the previous night neither captain gulliver nor we officers had eaten much during the day only occasional snacks brought on deck to us by the stewards or boys as they were usually termed although well up in years many of them each officer had his own boy who waited on him at table kept his cabin in order and did some small tailoring in his spare time the captain had a butler and two boys allowed him who attended to all his needs after the Emont had clawed off the land a few miles we all sat down to a well-spread table and did ample justice to the viands before us of course our main discussion at dinner that evening was how to get across the surf line with the Emont. she was drawing fifteen feet aft and by the appearance of the surf there did not seem to be over six feet on any portion of it we had sailed along every conceivable suggestion was brought forward nealance and i even offering to go in with one of our boats much resembling a whaleboat and sound across the smoothest part we could find at our suggestion of the boat the captain said it may come to that yet before we give in but as we are not in a violent hurry we will spend a day or two creeping along the shore and possibly we may yet spot a fisherman or maybe a junk coming out or going into this hidden harbour i am almost sure in my mind said the captain that before rooney got here with his hulk some other vessel or junk had been here before him of course he might have found it out himself but if that hulk is in there which i am informed he has made into a receiving ship take my word for it she is not the first vessel that has been there there is one side of the question however to be looked at he added rooney may have come here in the northeast monsoon 
when the water would be quite smooth i have no doubt and if lightened to ten or eleven feet there is many a place no doubt where he could pass over the reef a month is a long time to wait said mr jule for the change of the monsoon it is rather a long wait said the captain but i doubt if we should have to wait that long that is to find a channel into taku i take it that schooner of his that runs his opium from hong kong may be here any day we are a good deal stronger than he and he would not be able to beat us off from watching where he entered his schooner draws very little water she is american-built flat and nearly round and carries a centre-board when beating to windward we are drawing nearly six feet more than she does therefore might not be able to follow her with the emot but that whale-boat of ours could follow behind and sound in the particular place where he stands through for the entrance said captain gulliver if that has to be our plan and nothing turns up in the meantime added the captain we shall possibly have to wait the month before we can take the emot in but before that we will have to get ashore for if there is not water enough for the emont we shall have to get some of those trees we saw so plentiful on the coast to-day to make a couple of rafts to carry some of our kentledge on for we must get in now at all hazards we can't go back and say we found the place but could find no way in when rooney is in there and his big hulk of a receiving ship we all cordially agreed with the captain's determination which gratified him much and a bottle of champagne of his best brand was produced to drink to our better success as on the previous night we divided the night into three watches only changing their order from that of the previous night to give each a fair chance the captain gave his night orders to mr jule and stated that it was his intention to simply follow the track we had sailed over to-day on the morrow and succeeding days till we had either seen some vessel or fisherman come out or go into our indent in the coast wishing each other good evening the officer of the watch took charge of the deck the rest of us going below and being soon away in the land of dreams chapter fourteen still seeking the succeeding morning at four o'clock the emont was again wore around and headed in a direction that would draw her towards the land by daybreak as the day broke and every object around us became clearly visible captain gulliver and we officers took our stations on the quarter-deck with our glasses to carefully scan the shore and the to us unknown sea over which we leisurely sailed as on the preceding day the emont was run to almost a cable length of the white breaking surf whose dull monotonous roar sounded continually in our ears although dead to leeward of us nothing of special import happened during our forenoon cruise at noon we were nearly in the same position as at noon on the previous day observations were taken as also cross-bearings of the hummocks and northern promontory and recorded in the log the observations and bearings completed captain gulliver turned to mr jule and said load the midship gun with blank cartridge and let them hear us and see if that will bring any one out the gun was soon loaded and fired the echoes resounding amongst the hills 
that were not more than two miles away three times was the gun loaded and discharged while the Eamont lay hove to with her head offshore after waiting an hour and seeing no sign of anything answering to our noisy call the yards were filled the staysail sheet drawn and we stood away along the surf line towards the northern point of land which formed this part of the coast into a bay as soon as we got to within a mile or two of the cape the Eamont was put about a little more sail was set and getting abreast of the hummocks at four p m observations were taken to determine the longitude as also cross-bearings of the position we were then in captain gulliver had utilized some of his sleeping hours in constructing a rough chart of the coast-line on which he had carefully put down our position off the hummocks at each time of observation we sailed as far south as on the previous afternoon shortened sail and at sunset the Eamont was again hove to with her head offshore a good dinner was ready for us as none of us had left the deck during the day we of the afterguard as well as many of the crew feeling deeply anxious to get into this hidden port ample justice was done to the dinner for our non-success had in no wise destroyed our appetites we were determined to get in before we gave it up if it was only in the whale-boat we are not pushed for time captain gulliver said at dinner and as everything comes to him who waits we can only try and try again as usual we drank to our better success on the morrow although none of us then deemed our success was very near rather otherwise for i don't imagine a week's waiting with success at the end would have impaired our equanimity good nights were cordially said i as officer of the watch got my instruction from mr jule who of course had received his night orders from the captain previously the rest going below to court a few hours repose i was left in charge of the Eamont, which was silently cutting her way through the water about two knots an hour with her topsail and staysail flat aback my time was fully occupied in thinking over our position and how we were to get through that broken water and carry the Eamont into taku tempus fugit is no unmeaning term when the time and faculties of thought are fully occupied midnight was upon me before i half considered the position and the welcome sound of eight bells came upon me with surprise mr nealance soon relieved me and after discussing with him the one vital subject which occupied all our thoughts at present for a quarter of an hour i retired below to my cabin turned in and was soon far far away from my present surroundings in wonderful dreamland End of section 4